Do you want to be known as the guy, the one person, the point of contact, the guru, the Elmer, the person that everybody turns to when they need help or information or just a quick question answered about their scanner, radio, or just radios in general? Today's guests will explain how they became that person coming up right now on Scanner School. All units stand three. It now appears as though shots are being fired. All officers use caution. It has been confirmed. Suspects are armed and are firing at police. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this podcast is here to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. Today we're talking about how to be that guy, the person, the guru, the guy that everybody turns to when they need help with their scanner radios. Is it a thankless job? Absolutely not. This is something that will get you a little bit of recognition, pats on the back, and maybe even a little bit of side income if you do it right. And we're going to talk about that on a future podcast episode. But right now, we're going to kind of have a quick conversation with Luke Hartnett, who became that guy in his local fire department. And He's going to let us know what the secret sauce is on how he became somebody who was just there and involved with the fire department and how he became the person who's known not only in his own fire department, but also outside of it in his own neighborhood, basically in the community, in the circle of people who use scanner radios to become a point of contact on those who need help with programming or understanding how things work, right? So Luke is going to explain how all that happened and how he found himself wearing that hat. Take notes on this one because if you want to be that person that is known locally as being your scanner radio guru, I'm trying to think of another great way of saying this, but I just can't do it right now. <laughs> Maybe I'll have one on the other side, but this is how you do it. So let's go ahead and jump into our conversation with Luke. Luke, thank you very much for being here today. It's a pleasure to, to have you here. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute honor. Uh, I've been following you for a while, so this is really cool. Big fan. Yeah, no, you've been uh, supporting me too. So again, thank you very much for that. I really do appreciate that one. So uh, you came to me, right? You booked this out a couple weeks uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, you actually have a really interesting little background you can bring to the podcast today. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Kind of neat. Just the way that I I don't know came about in the scanner world, if you would. But following you is in your site. And everything there has really helped me kind of kind of be the go-to guy, if you would, for some people in my in public safety you know, realm, uh, asking about scanners or how can they make it work or find things out at home and listen. Right. So that's one of those things that we're going to talk about a little bit in the future and, and uh, you know, how to position yourself to kind of be the guy, right, in your area that people start to know and, and recognize as being the go-to person. So personally, as being that one here in Long Island, not to pat my back and like that, but it kind of naturally happens when you help more and more people out. And and you, Luke, you found yourself into that position as well. But before we go into how you did that and and what kind of help you're giving to people and, and what it means to everybody else that you're helping, let's go through a little bit of a background. You know, what what got you into scanning and 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 what are you listening to these days? Sure. So I've been in the public safety field, the fire department for this is my living in my 23rd year now. 
and kind of, you know, I did a call, call volunteer side of things and was hired full-time 10 years ago. And through all that, we've gone through three different changes in, in frequencies and, and everything with, with what we use as our, for communication. So I started to get kind of into it a little bit. I had one scanner when I first started at my family, all would kind of gather around if they knew I was out on a call. And then as I got more vested into the public safety, I, for each year I've been on the department, I think I have a scanner for each year. So for 20 years, I think I have about 20 something scanners. And um, my wife is, uh, yeah, she loves it. She loves it. But Sar- sarcasm, uh, right? Yes, that is absolute sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finding them turned off. You sure it was a great meme the editor. My wife turns off the scanner. But yeah, so just had a great kind of my mindset with the frequencies and radios. Got right into it there in our department. When we did the transitions, try to be right involved with it. And then as it went on and we went for a simple, you know, a low band. You know, 3354 is what we were at before. Then we went up to a UHF, so 400-something frequency. And then we jumped now to the digital trunking. And that's been that's been a, a real work to figure all that out. But like I said, using your information has really helped out and really got me kind of where I'm at now. And uh, trying to be that guy to help people out. I'm glad I was able to help you with the, with uh, figuring everything out. So the P20, it's a P25 trunk system, I assume, then, right? It is. Yes. It is. Yes, okay. it is. Yep. So it's uh, being rolled out now or it's been out it, for a it's while? It's currently, it's been out for a couple of years now, but it's still in, still analog. That hasn't swapped over completely to digital. So okay. that's been, so they're still trying to go away from our older, um, our older infrastructure and utilizing that for some of the new stuff. So that, you know, some people, they don't want to spend big money on the scanners like, oh, my, my my scanner I have right now is fine. I'm like, it, it, you may pick up a couple of things. I said, but when it does transition, there's going to be, uh, you know, digital is going to change everything. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of roundabout about my uh, my life story. In, right. In so, fire. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what I was going to say, too, is and, and some of these guys, right, they may be able to hold on to their analog stuff, depending on what the department decides to do and, and the county and whoever is basically the landlord of that system, right, the administrator. Because there are still plenty of departments and systems out there that still page on a conventional analog-only channel. Yes. But everything that's, else that's, is all P25 digital, right? So that's probably the way you guys are rolling right now, right? Yes. Yep. We are uh, We are slowly tempted to transition over. To, I'm not going to give a... I don't know if I can drop names for uh, for things, but the Unication paging system, which is that on the digital, the, the P25, mm-hmm. but well, we're still utilizing the low-band right now and then uh, all all communications are but everything's still patched over at our dispatch center but you can only hear one side of it if anybody has the the older scanners so gotcha analog yeah so you became now the guy right so uh <laughs> try to that's, trying that's yeah. an interesting you're right it's an interesting hat to have to wear but usually you hear this still like there's one guy in the department that kind of is the guy or the one guy who understands the radio systems and uh you know, they become the go-to guy, but to position yourself as that person, right? It It's not like you're just going to roll in one day and, and become that person, right? With anything else, it's it takes a little bit of understanding and learning. And and uh, you said too, right? You've got some guys out there that don't want to spend the money and, and you're kind of working on ways to help them out also, right? So let's go through like how you became that person, right? What did, what did you do to start being recognized as the guy that people are going to go to to get help for the radios. So really just kind of jumping right into it head first. If I, if 
I get involved in something, I want to know the ins and outs, and I do all the research I can on on things, whether it be you know programming the radios, programming from the mobiles to our uh, to our base units and whatnot, and then tying it all in together. So getting an understanding of that. And then generally being the person that when something goes wrong, everybody wants to uh, complain to or, or complain about, which is fine, uh, but also be the one that, to to come in at, at any time or any hours to try to fix something and and just try to try to work through that. So really just I get something, I, I get hands on with it, hands on, do a bunch of research online. And again, with your your site, all that, but really diving right in, talking to those people that have been around a while that have been doing it, you know, in the local public safety realm. And then, you know, branching from there. And every department, you know, like you said, they have their person. So there's a bunch of us that might communicate and be like, hey, what are you guys doing with this? Or, oh, there's this going on with these radios. Oh, did you find this? And one of our local chiefs, he's kind of been headstrong into it too. So, you know, he and I go back and forth, you know, with this development of the of our most current system. So it's been good. It's been good. So you're working not only on the scanning side, but also on the actual system itself or the actual radios that are in use then, right? So you're you're kind of wearing both hats here, both as a hobbyist listener and as a user. Yes. Yeah. Generally, just for our department, nothing so much for the the actual whole realm. There's There are people that do that, and I have talked to them quite a bit too, kind of getting an idea of tower locations and, and when the, the rollouts are going to be from from analog to digital and, and whatnot. But yeah, and then on the I'd go home after doing all that and then I wasn't able to hear anything. And having the old system only here on one side with the analogs, I gotta I gotta step up my game, get some digital scanners. So <laughs> right. finally uh yeah, I finally jumped in and, and got one of the home patrol one of those units, which was good. But then I found that with the P twenty five, the trunking it that it it was only picking up so much. And I was getting very frustrated at that. And it took quite a bit of time to finally, you know, realize, oh, okay. And you had shared a bunch of stuff and looking up some other things online about exactly why I was missing so much of the, you know, the communications. And what exactly were, uh, were those answers or, or the, the issues you were having? Uh, really, you know, it came down to obviously having either the, you know, obviously the new, the SDS, the 100, 200 with their, um, their digital, Scanning capabilities, obviously, right. so are by far. Was yeah, it the simulcast issue? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what, uh, yeah. So the simulcast thing was, was what was getting it. You hear bits and pieces and trying to pick it up on it. And then literally within the path, oh, I'd say six months, I got in the SDR world. So that's a whole different realm in that sense after having, you know, all the different scanners. I actually put an, an antenna up on my roof that's pointing directly at our, at the local tower. And that does a pretty good job. It picks up, I would say, 90%. That's just our, um, we kind of go through the platform of a, a dispatch thing for, for those at home, for pages. That's another thing, too. Nowadays, people don't really utilize pages as much, and they are more or less using uh, the digital means of uh, incident alerting software or whatnot. And we've right. got apps transition over to that. Something. Right, exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah, so... A lot of, uh, I try to get into that realm as well, too, because that's, you know, something we can do to, you know, try to help people out with. It's all about the communications. I want to make sure people can hear what we have going on when they're off duty, if they want to. Some people don't want to hear any of it, but in making sure our members are adequately alerted. And it, it all comes down to a public safety thing, too, because our department relies heavily on on people coming back 
outside of their normal shifts. So in, without this being up and running, we, we make sure that, uh, making sure there's adequate staffing. So it's, uh, kind of a public safety thing in a sense. And it's also, I can kind of nerd out on it too. So it works out good. <laughs> and you just talking about too, and just touching on what you were saying too, about getting everybody, you know, the members alerted and whatnot and, and the paging or the smartphone apps. And it's, you got remember, right. You got, you got between the new guys walking in and, and their late teens or early twenties and the old timers who could be, 60, 70, or 80 years old, right? Somewhere in that realm. You got to yeah. make sure that everybody's on a platform that you like, right? Because you're not going to, you know, you're not going to, the newer kids are not going to want to say, well, I, I got a pager. Well, it's now something else I have to carry on me, right? I, I just want to use my smartphone. And then everybody else is like, well, I don't want to carry my phone. I got my flip phone, you know, or I still go home. <laughs> I have a landline. I don't have a cell phone. So it's like, you know, yeah. everybody, uh, you got to play with within everybody's means as well. So um, I understand that as well, but going back to now what you were looking at with, with the radio and receiving and, you know, understanding that, okay, you've got this SDS 100 or 200 now, and it's solved the issue of the simulcast and you put it in 10 outside to try and get your local site. And now you got the SDRs up and tell me the difference. Though. I mean, I, I I'm kind of leading you into this one though, but the difference between like an SDR and using an SDS 100, right. It's uh Explain the, the 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 environment or the, the the difference between how one treats treats the system or how you interface with it versus versus the other one. I found that so I have sitting in my kitchen, you know, right. My my wife's favorite spot for is where the uh, SDS the sarcasm again the SDS two hundred is sitting there, and that that picks up. I would say ninety percent of everything, and but it's only picking up one frequency at a time. The way that I have, you know, SDR trunk set up with the SDRs is I'm able to pick up multiple frequencies, listen to those, and that's off, you know, just set up with a, a cheap laptop. And of course, it all comes down to cost and how people, I found that what can work in a, a uh, cost-effective manner. So with the with the SDRs, that's kind of just a simple antenna and plugged into the, you know, the laptop that I have in my office, um, I'm able to hear the other side of things. So I kind of branch out with both of those. but that seems to just have right from the get-go after plugging those in and getting all the frequencies, you know, uploaded, it just seems to have a more robust coverage than even for our system, the SDS 200. Uh, it just, it, it seems to pick up more and not really location sensitive. Um, obviously, you know, having, having the good antennas, aftermarket antennas are, are, are key, but uh, yeah, I found that it's, it certainly seems to pick up more and be able to hear, multiple frequencies at a time has helped it's a out. different it's a different world though right when when you're listening to something and, you, and you've got it on your scanner and then you you have it on a computer screen with an sdr and be able to see right where everything yeah. is or, or where, what talk groups are active and then you can say okay well my sds 100 or 200 i don't hear anything on it but i'm seeing activity now yeah and you can kind of figure out okay there's there's something not right with my programming or the placement of the radio or it could be with the programming too, you're listening to a site on the SDS that there's no activity on right now. The other site has all the activity. So you, you kind of learn just by looking at things that way, that yeah. this is this is the way your stuff should be programmed. So SDRs are, even if they're a little over some people's heads, they're, even if you get it at the basic level and just watch a control channel, sometimes just yeah. by having that in front of you and at your disposal can really help you understand how to program your radio the right way. Yes, yes, absolutely. And that's where, you know, you can only do so much programming and you only get so much interface with the the scanners themselves where like you're saying the SDRs are 
you can go in there and really fine tune things and really see, like you're saying, the the operation come come to life on a screen and be able to you know manipulate things, change the kind of the the power, if you would, of, of the the inputs. It's that's been kind of handy, kind of toning it down. We're we're not too far from a site here, so it had it where it was overpowering it, and but being able to do that was huge. Whereas the the other uh, the scanners themselves are uh, are just kind of not as user friendly. Right. Did you notice that with the uh, with, with your system up there that there were some some talk groups you were trying to monitor that weren't on all the sites you were monitoring, or did it seem like you've got the one main site in your county or your area and you don't have to worry about different layers or the way that sometimes systems are segmented into it's only police on this on this site and only fire on that site, or it's only public safety here, it's other users over there. I mean, I'm asking because my adjacent county they have a 700 layer and an 800 layer and on the 800 layer is everybody but fire. And then you go to the 700 layer and it's just fire in the EMS. So yeah. So if you program up your, say like your unication pager and it locks onto a site and you didn't program it up to just be on a site, you may not be able to hear what you'd want to hear. So likewise, if you have a scanner set up and you want to listen to the fire talk groups, you would only put the 700 layer in there because if you're on the 800, you're never going to hear anything anyway. Yeah. So um, that's also what I was, what I was kind of hinting at before with the, with the SDR. You know, when you can actually see things, you can see. Uh, you know, that's what I've been doing is is you you put the layers up there and you put the different sites and you can see. Okay, you know, I can see these talk groups are always showing up on the same sites together. But sometimes, like if you've got a north and a south site, you may only see towns in the north end on the north site and towns on the south end from the south site. So that's just the nature of the beast because if there's no radios that are registered on one site or the other site, then the talk group doesn't need to show up there. But as a user, you need to know that because yeah. how else are you going to listen to them? Absolutely. Yeah, fine-tuning it is key. We've been. Uh, it seems like generally the site that I'm nearby here is uh, is picking up most talk groups. There's been a few that I've, that I've noticed haven't come through, and I've kind of ventured out, and I was actually going to do a little mobile kind of, you know, program in the other sites and then go see exactly what comes up, just make it more robust. And then just to kind of nerd out even further and see what's being, what's out there that I'm not picking up being in this one location. It's kind of one of my next, uh, on on my checklist of things to to add on to. I, I finally built up the scanner site here with the antenna pointed mm-hmm. at the local site. And then, then the next step was the SDRs. And now I kind of want to dive further into it like you're talking about and just you know see what's it, what else is out there that i am missing by you know just being you know centrally located and just being this one spot right and that's kind of what we were saying here too in the podcast too right the secrets and the searches you never know what else is out there unless you go finding for them and by doing what you're doing right if you got a an sdr and you're running unitrunker i think is what you were saying you can log all the talk groups right and you can get a report and see what talk groups that you've logged or received that aren't in the radio reference database or that you don't have to find yet. And that might help you or clue you into different users or different talk groups on the system. So by driving around, you may actually find out, okay, you know, I'm picking up these new things or these were hidden to me before or they weren't being received because there was no registered users on that on that site that I'm listening to. So going out and exploring is, is actually pretty fun. And uh, we did a podcast about that too, like war driving. Right, going yeah. out and searching, and we did it conventional wise. But you know, you just drive around and you, and you see like what what's popping up on close call as as we're driving through office parks or different exits on the parkway or something like that. And uh, it's uh, 
it's a different way of scanning, right? It, it kind of takes you out of the box a little bit and, and puts you in someplace new and allows you to kind of exercise a skill a little bit just by figuring out what's out there and, and listening. Or if you're looking at conventional frequency, you can kind of get in the FCC website if you're here in the US and, and find out who it is. But on a trunk system, you don't have that that ability to do that, right? You kind of have to figure out where the radio IDs, where are they talking? What does it sound like? Who this is or something like that? And you can kind of figure out, okay, this talk group is defined to this particular user. So it's a challenge and it's it's definitely fun to figure out when you have new groups out there, who they belong to. It's I know I get excited when I see something that I haven't seen before. Same here. I was actually out on a run locally. I, I run quite a bit and I was listening to that to that podcast and that's what made me think, you know, I should take this on the road a little bit. Find out what's out there that I'm that I'm missing that you know is is behind the behind the scenes or something else. And I, I opened it up and did you know the ID scanning and uh, you know found probably a good. I have a whole notebook in here of different you know different talk groups that came up that that weren't listed. So I'm still trying to kind of narrow those down. But yeah, it's that's it's exciting. It's exciting for that that part. And there are some people that don't get as excited about it as, as those of us that do. And they rely on us to kind of take care of that. So, again, like I say, at the at the the fire department, if something goes wrong with a radio or, or something's not working right with the patch between the the UHF and our the new eight hundred, they don't want to deal with it. They want someone to deal with it, and that's where you know I've kind of liked being the guy in that sense and uh, jumping in, being a part of it because it's, it's exciting and it gives me uh, gives me purpose. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You'd be also come to guard the bat with the bullseye on his back with something that doesn't work exactly. You Absolutely. The, the phone calls yeah. all hours of the night. Oh, my radio's not working. Can what, what what's the problem? It's like is exactly. it turned on? Is the antenna screwed in all the way? <laughs> that's the thing. Oh yeah. Did you did, are you on the right channel? Do you know what channel you're on? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a common common occurrence, but just walking it through them like, yep. And we do quarterly refreshers just so people stay up to date because it is a lot. I can imagine it would be like somebody trying to go into the world of, I don't know, whatever, something in depth that I don't really, you know, my mind isn't isn't tuned to that, that I don't want to be a part of. I would probably t- zone out. And then when something went wrong, I'd want to go to that person. So that's where, you know, I like to kind of really call it sharing strengths throughout the service. But, right. So uh, we can backtrack into that now, too, because we're kind of we kind of took a little detour out and we're coming back around again here. So when you become when you became the guy, right, for your department, the, the go-to guy. So is it for scanning or is it basically just for radios in general? I mean, what what exactly are you what purpose are you fulfilling as the guy? Let's 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 take it back down to that uh that definition. Yeah, so really communications, I would say. Definitely like the radios and handling everything in that sense departmentally, but then like that's in-house. Out of house, off duty, the the scan. I mean, we utilize our scanners for through our our paging app, so they're always listening, and those have to be up to date too. So keeping those things fresh. So that's where it kind of blended together, where there are people that they want to hear things when they're outside of work, so that way they get a, a heads up if, say, one of the neighboring departments has a you know structure fire, or there might be a water rescue or something like that. Knowing ahead of time gets people start heading in the right direction. So people have kind of expressed interest on scanners and they want to know, you know, hey, with our new system here, what can we utilize to scan? And I, I tell them the, what the best scanners are and they look at me with their wide eyes after I tell them what the cost is, say, hey, good equipment has, uh, is, is a cost. But yeah, so just kind of trying to figure it out and people with their budgets 
And it really, you know, nowadays it's going to be building out, you know, maybe some SDRs for people. So that's it's really kind of been a, a twofold, a twofold environment for me. Um, and really not only just our department, but in our area, because all our local public safety have gone over to this, to this, these frequencies. So trying to help everybody out as best I can. Right. Right. And I think that's a, one of those things too, right? When you, you tell somebody the scanner is going to cost about 600, $650 or $700 and they kind of look at you like, yeah, yeah, no, 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 thanks. Right. <laughs> but you got to remember, right. 20 years ago when a scanner was $350, right. In today's money, it doesn't seem like it's a lot of money, but when you think about dollars and cents and inflation, that was that was a huge chunk change, right? And then when you yeah. look at the '90s when they had the Pro 2006 was out, or whatever that time frame was, that was a very expensive radio. I mean, dollars and cents wise, with today's money, it's it's a it's not that bad. But when you think about it, it costs more than it hurt you more than it, than an SDS 100 200 hurts you now, basically. But it's still you know six hundred dollars sounds like it's a lot more than three hundred and fifty dollars because it it is, but. It's the way it hits your wallet, too, and everything else. All right, we're going to take a quick pause from our conversation right now with Luke and myself to remind you that you can help support this podcast by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. And if you're a Patreon supporter at a $3 a month level, not only do you get the podcast early, but you also don't get this upcoming break. For everybody else, we'll catch you all in just a second. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com slash tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. So you touched on SDRs and deploying some of those. So are you handing out SDR kits to some of your members that want to 
go a cheaper route, but don't mind it being a little bit unconventional or not as black box, basically, as a scanner? Or are you kind of reserving those just for like yourself and experimentation? Still in the experimentation side of it, I feel pretty comfortable and confident with what I have built currently, which isn't, you know, isn't much. But I have offered that to people and I tell them, these are the top of the line scanners that you're going to hear 99% or about 95% of everything we have going. Generally, everybody in our local area are close to, to a site, so they should be able to hear you know, a majority of things. Um, and when I tell them that, they get you know, the wide-eyed look of, I, I don't want to, they, the, the famous quote is, I don't want to listen to it that bad. I'll, I'll stick with radio reference. It's okay, that's fine. It's, you know, it's a great, great resource. It's just a delay. That you can you can pick up everything on that. It's a, it's a phenomenal resource, but that's the next step, kind of rolling out and saying, "Hey, you can buy for a lot cheaper money if you have an old laptop kicking around. As long as it's got you know enough you know CPUs to it that we could plug in an SDR and and you know try to get that up and up and running." But I haven't done anything yet. Working on uh, there's a couple guys that are interested. They just got to get the get the laptops, and it's kind of like anything. It just you know takes some. If they want to hear bad enough, and generally what will happen is there'll be an incident where they will have missed something, and that's what that's been the you know the the catalyst for uh, for things to happen. So that's why I probably sold two or three different scanners that I had programmed up to people because there's one thing to buy the scanners, and then programming was a whole other thing. I mean, you guys do a phenomenal job with that, but some people, you know, they're like, I don't know what to do with them, so I just want to turn it on and listen, and I want to listen to this, this, and this, and this. I said, okay. I'll gladly do it for you. I have no problem doing it. And then send it up that way. And it's the same thing with, you know, I'll do it with the SDR. So trying to just trying to help everyone out with uh, keep on top of things. And if it, if it can aid our public safety in our area, then then that's kind of the, the thanks. That's the only thanks that I want. And I enjoy doing it. So yeah, that's good. It's definitely giving back. That's for sure. But uh, there was a podcast we did, actually, we shared on YouTube as a, as a full-on interview with some slides and stuff, too, was how to build your own scanner, right? And part of the surgery that I've had, right, makes it difficult for me to think about things. So I'm going to apologize to Frank because I cannot remember the name right now. But I know he's up in Canada, and it's going to come to me as soon as we finish off you and I talking. And if I had my laptop in front of me or my computer in front of me, I would have gone through all my notes and had a name for you ahead of time and a podcast ID number. But uh, they were able to build... A, a radio, right, using using uh, OP25 and a Raspberry Pi and an SDR. They added a screen to it, right, and they put it into a box they, they 3D printed, and it was uh, a homebrew scanner radio that works out really well. So part of me is thinking that maybe if you got, you know, a Raspberry Pi, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a Raspberry Pi 4, which is a top-of-the-line, most expensive one, but mm-hmm. maybe even a 3B and then a $25 card, Right, the um, the SDR. Yeah, you can probably create an image on an SD card of OP25 with the operating system, with the talk groups, and you want to monitor, and then you can just hand out, okay, whatever the cost is for materials and whatever you want to charge for your time, type of deal, and you just hand out the kit. Here you go, plug it in. It's good to go. It costs you a hundred bucks. Do you know whatever it is? That's and uh that might be a simple way for guys to get on it as well. You know, you just figure out a way to wire in a speaker and it's headless and they won't have too much control over it, but it will still allow them in some form or another to monitor the system without spending six hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Yeah, because it's definitely a big a big hit for people when they're they're used to having, you know, they buy a eighty to a hundred dollar scanner, plug in 10 different frequencies and I listen to everything in our area. 
and then to tell them that, Hey, you know, this, this goes very in depth, but yeah, that would be the way to, to dole it out. I started to jump into the raspberry Pi world a little bit, haven't dabbled too far into it, but I think, you know, again, it's another, one of the other, uh, check, check boxes that I have, uh, you know, on my list of things that I really want to get, get going on. And, um, yeah, with the SDR building that out and then seeing if people would want to do that. And then if I can start building out those other things, that would be kind of a, an ETL. The other thing we I kind of jumped into a little bit was with the scanners that I have here, uh, utilizing Zello and, and having people kind of utilize that, that format. I kind of told some people about it. And again, another thing, you got your phone with you, you got everything right there. Then you got your scanner, you got your, you know, incident notifications, all it rolled into one if, if people were interested. And then the lag time on that is a lot less than Broadcastify, which is phenomenal. But again, uh, yeah, the Zello is just it's so instantaneous with the way they, the way they have it set up. Exactly. And you can, uh, you can talk over it too, if you set it up that way or get your own private channel or, or anything else like that. So Zello is good. I mean, it's, it's one of these, uh, I liked it better before when they had the directory open so you can search for things. And then yeah. they've kind of made that behind a paywall or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I've kind of fallen out of love with Zello, so to speak, because <laughs> you kind of, you kind of need to know what you're looking for and to get on the platform, but they, they need to make money too, to keep the platform going. So it's, uh, it's one of those things, but, uh, I'm glad to hear that you're you're trying different things and you're making things available to more and more people and trying to take that pain point out. And I, again, I think Zello is good too because you can leave it on the background and it stays active on your phone and it doesn't make a noise until a call comes over the radio, right? And and you can hear it right away. So definitely makes it easier for people who can't afford that $650 radio to kind of use your resources, so to speak, and you don't get the 30 second or so lag time. So that's another uh, another good solution that you came up with. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty good. I, I utilize it anytime out on a run or whatnot. I'll plug it on just to have background noise and, and listen to see what's going on. Being a, a scan nerd, definitely listening to everything, any, you know, any chance I get. And uh, we have a, you know, it's a funny thing here in the house whenever there's something on the scanner that, you know, kind of it's always going to the background, but you can hear certain things. Obviously, you know, that that pique your interest. And, you know, I've got two little girls, seven and five years old. They know that if, if dad says scanner, that it get a quiet down. We listen to it, or they may they may even yell it out. It's kind of cute when they say it every now and then on the scanner. They hear fire or something like that. So <laughs> it's kind of I'm bringing in a, another generation of scanners to the world. So I'm happy there about you go. that too. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, that that's good. I know I got my daughter too, but it comes and goes. She's interested in when something big is happening, but most of the time she doesn't. You know, if, if there's a an ambulance down a block. She wants. She's all over it. But that's <laughs> at least. Yeah. At least it's something, right? So exactly. So that's good, you know. But it's it's good that you got him into it as well. So you're um, you're the guy. You're you're the 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 guy in the in the firehouse or that that everybody's looking for when they need their scanner programmed up or a radio set up or something troubleshooting and stuff like that. So again, to summarize, right. You were looking for that, right? Because you you said you wanted to jump in and learn something. You you sub, submerse yourself, right, with with the new technology and understand how it works. And and you wanted to learn how it works. But there's another point where it comes across too. Like you wanted to be able to show somebody how it worked or help somebody else get to do it. And that's where word really gets around, right? So it's not so much as you advertising yourself and saying, "Hey, I can do this." It's, "Hey, by the way, this guy helped me out with my radio. Go talk to him," right? And that's kind of yeah. That's an easier way of getting your notoriety or or services to be offered to people, right? Is to you get one happy person 
and they'll share your name and your resources with everybody else who they know will do it. And it goes beyond and beyond and beyond that one. And uh, again, that's exactly how I was doing it. I was never in the fire departments with that. I was I was known online for doing it. And it was really word of mouth. Like somebody would just say something and I would never advertise. But yet my phone was constantly ringing, you know, and, and finally had to start turning people away once once the cancer got a hold of me. But, you know, it's it's one of those deals that without even trying, right, you become known as that person. And uh, it's a little bit of a rewarding feeling, right? It's It's not, not only are you able to help somebody, but you can kind of share a little bit of knowledge with them too, like explain to them why it doesn't work, or maybe they need a different antenna, or they definitely need a different radio, or explain to them why they need a different radio so they understand why it's not working, which is something that you're not going to get typically from just some guy who's going to issue you a two-way radio and, and tell you to get lost. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly being having that responsibility, it comes with both a great feeling, but then also a weight. And knowing that when something goes wrong, the first person they're going to look to in both a positive, more in a negative sense is is myself. And and I had no problem with that because trying to explain it and then just trying to, like you said, explain why things weren't working or maybe why it didn't, you know, why your, your radio wasn't broadcasting or maybe at home, why you're not hearing certain things and like parts of it, but being able to to help people out in that sense and yeah, uh, just passing it along and, and really just, you know, and then passing it on to other people that send them to your site and say, hey, watch a couple of these if you really want to see up front, because I can only explain so much and then people get sick of listening to me anyway. But you can only explain so much and try to draw it out and they might need it a little differently. And, and it really all that coming together uh, that if it if it works out in a, in a benefit, then it's a it's a good thing. Well, I appreciate you definitely appreciate you sharing the podcast with them and everything else. And Going forward, once everything here is done and, and complete too, we'll be more onto YouTube with more tutorials that way with the, you know, I, I like drawing them out on the iPad with the with the screen and it's a little bit interesting to to see something as opposed to just hearing about it, right? To get that extra dimension on it as well. So we're hoping to transition over to more of that hands-on learning content uh, going forward here. So be more of an impersonal thing as opposed to being just spoken word. So is there anything else that, you know, you're doing that you're supporting or any other tips you have for anybody else out there who's looking to become their known guy or to maybe even just step up and maybe they don't want to be known as that guy, but they want to step up and a little bit learn a little bit more so they can just be helpful and just be there on the, on the sidelines in case somebody needs some help. Yes, certainly latching on to, to those that have the knowledge. I failed to mention that earlier, but there's a couple members on one of the departments I was on before that I would kind of follow and shadow and they would explain some things or or maybe even in the county here that would do it and kind of ask them or or pick their brain. But then some of the pe- people that are on that were on a department that has since retired that were kind of big into it and watching them and, and shadowing, being like that little kid over their shoulder, like, oh, what are you doing there? And and really that's the way to get involved. And really even if you're just there and you listen and, and there's some people that pick up on it, but just jump in, jump in and, and if, get your hands dirty and, and listen and ask, ask the questions when it's happening. And people may roll their eyes when you ask the question, but you know what, when it's all said and done, you're then going to get that knowledge passed to you. They're going to be happy to pass that knowledge on because at some point we all go through the phases of life where we're not going to be involved in that or make our way on. And someone's going to have to take it over when we're, you know, retired or off doing something else. So that's, that's kind of what I'm, you know, looking forward to. There's a couple of people in our department that now have some interest 
and a couple of people even in our, our county that are you could see that they're really invested into it. So those are the people, you know, that I love it when they when they ask questions and really want to get involved. And I'm still one of those people. I don't know everything. I don't know, you know, I'm not even nearly close to that. I just have tried to grasp as much as I can. And when I can't grasp something, I, I look to to those that do. So yeah, asking questions is key. I'm glad you brought that one up because that is probably one of the biggest ways to do it, right? You you kind of get it. What we say in the amateur radio world is you find yourself an Elmer, right? And that's somebody that knows and who's going to teach you and kind of show you the ropes and, and how things happen. And you pick things up, right? You may pick things up just in passing or just in side conversation, or they may they may go out and fix something that are on their own, but they'll come back and they'll tell you how they did it. But eventually, right, that torch will be passed. And we see it a lot here too, right? There's, there's the same guys that work on the repeaters. And these are the guys that are, they're the guys that know how to use a watt meter and how to set up a, this kind of system and, and set up the antennas and, and understand how different components work. But there needs to be somebody else, right? The next generation has to step in behind them to learn how to do this stuff and to bring somebody in who's very interested and just have them learn things. And again, you keep building on it and building on it and building on it. And you look at some of these people that have these giant, workbenches or they have every single tool at their disposal, right? In their tool chest. Well, they didn't go out to Home Depot or Lowe's or Sears or whatever when Sears was around and buy everything at once, right? I mean, this is years and years and years of buying a tool that you need and buying the next tool that you need for the next project. And buy. And it's the same deal, right? You're just collecting little bits of information. And these are the, the tools that you're going to have at your disposal mentally to understand how things work and how the next part of the process is going to interface because something's going to be coming next, right? But that next thing is going to build on what we have now. So to understand it now, right, will help you in the next part of the journey. And again, you look at things now too, where it's frustrating because people who are just starting off now didn't have the benefit of learning conventional and then the beginning of trunking and then getting into digital and, and going into simulcast, they're jumping into a world now where it's just trunking and P25 and simulcast and why doesn't this work? You can understand yeah. why that can be frustrating for some new people. Yeah. Yeah, not building on on a, a more simpler model. It's, it's one thing when it's simple and it works its way up to, you know, elaborate. And now that we're in kind of more of an elaborate system, yeah, it's definitely uh, hard for some to, to grasp. And then try to explaining it, that's a whole other whole other experience. Exactly. But if you're doing it and you're doing it well and people know you for it, then that does mean you're doing it well. So I want to just tip my hat to you and say, good job and certainly keep it up. And uh, uh, if there's any questions you may happen to have, you know, I'm always here to answer those as well. But I think that uh, it sounds to me like you are definitely the guy, you're the Elmer up in, up in your <laughs> neck of the woods up there. So, and it's not because you just dictated to everybody that I'm the guy, you know, you, you've earned those stripes. So definitely good, good for you and, and kudos. And uh, I don't know how any other way I could say congratulations or you deserve it, but <laughs> it's definitely something that, that you definitely earn. Well, I appreciate it. And I got to say so much of, of the knowledge and the, in the background and everything, I really come from going to your site, going, listen to the podcast when I'm out on a run or just kind of down at the station, taking that time. And then really, even when we had had received some pagers, you know, I had some questions about it and, and you were so great. I think it was like a Friday afternoon. Uh, you said you're really busy, but you call, you still called and reached out. And I thought that was, was tremendous. 
like I said, I've been a fan for a long time and I really appreciate you even having me on here. But this is, this is, uh, yeah, what you're doing is helping out people, you know, across the country. I may be just helping, you know, a couple of people here and there, hopefully I'm helping them and not hurting them in any way, but yeah, I think all, all is good and good things are happening. So thank you. No, my pleasure. And again, we just talked about building on different systems, right? And that's exactly why I started the podcast because I was helping people out locally here. And I said, well, what's the next step up? And that's why I wanted to do the podcast. So I'm glad to see that it's working, right? Exactly what I set out to do is working. So it feels good to to hear you say that. So I appreciate that one. So Luke, is there anything else you want to bring up today before we uh, we sign off for the day? No, I just, again, thank you so much for everything you're doing and um, thinking of you all the time and, and know you're kicking it in the butt. And I just, uh, yeah, I really appreciate the time. And again, big fan and Love the uh, love the squelchy swag too. Just want to say that. So uh, appreciate that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I got I got to get a, a scanner and hat, and then the girls are asking about it too. So I got to get oh, them okay. one. They like that the whole turnout terminology there, the, the scanner. So that's kind of neat. But yeah, other than that, I I think that that's a I've uh, taken more of your time than you probably have. No, no, we're all good. So again, Luke, thank you so much for uh, for being here, and again. You know, this is all your idea, right? You came to the website, you filled out the form, you you booked the 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 time slot on the calendar, and again, I want to thank you for for setting that up so that we can uh, have this conversation today. I I definitely appreciate it. Well, thank you. Pleasure is all mine. Luke, thanks again for being on the podcast. Again, this was Luke's idea. He came to me with the idea, and he went over to ScannerSchool.com. He filled out the guest spot by submitting his information into the calendar, booking a spot, and we spent about 45 minutes talking back and forth, you know, and it's just a conversation. It's really what it is. But more importantly, I do need to apologize to Joey Absey because I could not think of his name when I was talking to Luke. So if you want to listen to that podcast between myself and Joey about how to build your own scanner radio based off of a Raspberry Pi and an SDR, you can go to episode 260. You can also check out that interview or that conversation on our YouTube channel where we've got images and photos and live demonstrations on the actual radios that Joey built off of an SDR. So Luke, I want to thank you again for being a supporter of the podcast coming forward bringing this idea to us. It was a great conversation. And if anybody else wants to be on the podcast, simply go to scannerschool.com slash guest, fill out the form, and then we will have you on the podcast. It's just as simple as sitting down on a computer or on a cell phone and having a conversation. And if you are the local radio guru, the local radio guy, or if you need help or you want some tips on how to do this, Head on over to our Discord server and be a member of our Scanners community, scannerschool.com slash Discord. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Altrack, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Robs, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian Arsenal, Brian King, Chris Paris, Classic Hank, Craig Harper, Dan, Daniel Chiavolella, Dave Pasco, David, David C., David Kuzneski, David Robertson, Danny Crotty, Dylan Heider, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Davos, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, I Hate Junk Mail, Kaycock, Barry, Jake Jacobson, James Broxton, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim 
B, Jim Heinrich, John Kordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Luke Hartnett, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Bowling, Paul Teal, Randy Young, Raymond Hill, Rich Palmieri, Ronnie Box, Scott Lefgrand, Thomas Giampino, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.